Hey, good morning. This is Blaine Bartell. Pastor Brad uh, conveniently neglected to uh, tell you that I would be here this morning, so, but I am, and it's good to be with you. So uh, welcome to church. Uh, today we're continuing our series on Brutiful, finding the beauty of God in broken places and maybe even brutal places in our lives. And so I'm really excited about this because uh, there's this three-parable volley that Jesus does in the book of Luke chapter 15 that is just absolutely amazing. And sometimes we really don't see all that he's wanting to bring out in this in this passage. And it all begins where Jesus is, you know, hanging out and speaking into the lives of people he loves. Not just the good people, not just the beautiful people, not just the people that have all their stuff together, but he's speaking into the lives of tax collectors who nobody liked, sinners, drunkards, partiers. And we pick it up in Luke chapter 15, verse number one. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered. So they've got this little muttering going on in the middle of the teaching of Jesus. And it says that they declared, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Like, who is this guy? supposed to be religious, spiritual, man from God, and yet he's spending time with these really broken, brutal, sinful people. And he overheard them. And so he went into this three-parable volley on our lostness. It's interesting, when Jesus confronts the issue of our sin and our brokenness, he confronts it with this word, lost. You see, sin doesn't cause us to lose our value. It causes us to lose our bearings. Where we're not sure quite where we are in life, in this world, and certainly sometimes in our relationship with God. So the first kind of lost parable that he talks about is this parable of the lost sheep. Look what it says. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and then goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. And I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So he talks about this joy of heaven when somebody repents. And all repent means is turns around and finds their way home, uh, rediscovers the finding of the kingdom of God, loses their lostness. But then he goes into this next parable. He wants to reinforce this. This is the parable of the lost coin. And he says, or, or suppose a woman has... 10 silver coins and loses one of them. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. And in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. Again, Jesus says, 
Heaven goes crazy when people get found, when they suddenly find their way back to the Father and back to a relationship with, with God. And then finally, he goes into the, the lost son parable. This is probably the most familiar, popular story Jesus ever told. We call it the parable of the lost son. And it says, Jesus continued and said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me your share or my share of the estate. So we divided the property between them. So he gives prodigal son, son that wants to leave his part. He gives the other son his part at the same time. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, so he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country, so he was sent into the field to feed the pigs, and he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And finally, he came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. What a beautiful story. So, we get these three parables. And it's interesting, the distinctions in the three views that Jesus provides here of our lostness. The first one is these lost sheep. And the thing about a lost sheep is the sheep knows it's lost, but he does not know how to get home. Maybe that describes a little bit of your lostness this morning. You, you know you're lost. You know you're, you're not where you need to be, but you're really not sure how to find your way home. You know, maybe, maybe you got left behind uh, by some other Christians or a part of the flock of God. Uh, maybe, maybe you got abandoned. Maybe, you know, you've had a, a place in your life where you've had a shepherd that maybe didn't care for you properly or was insensitive or just maybe didn't know you left until you were gone and couldn't find you. So we, we have these moments of lostness where we, we, we kind of know we've lost our bearings, but we're not sure how do we get back. And Jesus said, there's a remedy for that. He says, I'm coming for you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I am the good shepherd, and I will grab you. I will find you. I'll put you on my shoulders, and I'll bring you home. Jesus is right there, right now, ready to love you and embrace you in your brokenness and in your hurt, in the brutality of life, and to bring you home. And the second one is this, this lost coin. And the coin doesn't know it's lost, you know. Coins don't know that they're lost. They're just lost. They don't have the, you know, the wherewithal to figure out, hey, I'm lost. I need to, you know, roll my way back home. No, they're just lost. 
And maybe, you know, on some level we're lost and we don't even know we're lost. You know, the, 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 the big brother in this story of the prodigal son was, was arrogant and prideful and, and was uh, mad at the father for allowing the son to come back to him. And it was like this, this, this big brother was in the house, but lost in the house. And sometimes we can be lost in the house of God. We don't even realize that our blindness and our arrogance and our pride or, or maybe just, you know, our inability to really see how far we are from God in the middle of his house and his people. And God wants to get our attention and bring us into this place of humility where we're just completely dependent on him and we start or stop looking at other people and pointing at other people and realize what matters is that we've got this heart after God and that we care about our own soul instead of trying to judge the souls of others. And then finally, we get to the parable of the lost son. And this is the most wild, radical, controversial part of this three-parable volley. He goes into this, and he describes his son that takes the inheritance and leaves. Now, first of all, what kind of son is this that would say to his dad, I want my inheritance now. I'm leaving. I want to spend your money on my stuff. This is equivalent to saying, Dad, I can't wait for you to die. Like, I, I really want you to die, but I don't have time to wait for you to kick the bucket. So give me the money now. Unbelievable. And, and really, Jesus broke the first rule of storytelling when he told this story. Because the first rule of storytelling is the story has got to be believable. And the father gives him the money, like, we wouldn't do that, right? If you're a dad, you, you would do that, most of us. You know, if my son came to me and said, I want my part of the inheritance right now, I, you know, well, first of all, that, that's about 20 bucks. But second of all, no, no, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to wait. So he gives it, the, the, this father gives the son, the son goes, wastes it, runs out of money, and then comes back. And as his son comes back after spending everything, and listen, he didn't have some, you know, deep heart of conviction and this, 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 this deep, you know, uh, you know, thing that came over him where he just had to just cry out to God and repent for all of his sins. No, he just ran out of money. And he realized how awful it is to be lost and away from father's house. And he said, you know what? I've got to go back. It was so good to be with my father and my family. And he said, I will be a servant. I will do whatever it takes, but I've got to go back. The way of the world is awful. And so he tropes, treks back, and he shows up. And as he's just on the verge of the horizon, the father sees him, and the father runs to the son. You see, the lost son knows he's lost knows exactly where he is, knows exactly how to get home, but the Father waits. You know, the Father loves us. Jesus loves you. If you're lost and you know you're lost and you know your way home, listen, he's not going to force your hand. 
He's not going to try to chase you down and arm wrestle you into submission. He is going to lovingly, compassionately just say, listen, when you've filled up with this world and it's messed you over like it will and you're ready to come home, he just says, I'm looking for you, I'm watching for you, and I'll run to you when you turn your heart back to me. And this is so brilliant, this this parable. It's so amazing because it absolutely defies what the hearers thought they were going to see at the end of the story because there was a common Jewish parable. You see, the rabbis had all kinds of parables. Parables, you know, weren't something Jesus came up with on his own. Uh, Historians tell us that rabbis had up to like 5,000 different parables, and this was one of them. The rabbis told the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son, but it had a different ending. You see, the rabbinical parable would end like this. The son would come home, the father would meet him at the gate and say, you are banished from me. You will never return. You have betrayed me You have made a mockery of our family, and you will never come home. That's how the parable ended. And so when Jesus got to the end, and he twisted this parable for a brand new conclusion, the entire community was like, whoa. See, there's this uh, great movie director, writer, His name is M. Night Shyamalan, something like that. I don't know if I'm getting the name right, but he he did this uh, movie called Signs, has this amazing ending, did this other movie called uh, The Village, Uh, Sixth Sense, remember that movie, I See Dead People? And all of his movies have this one distinguishing characteristic. The ending is never what you think it is. It's got this radical twist, and at the end, when the twist happens, you're just, oh, I can't believe that happened. Oh, my goodness, I didn't see that coming. And this was how the prodigal son parable ended. Everybody was like, what? The father's taking the son home? The father's putting a robe of righteousness on the son? The the, the father's giving him a, a, a ring? He's sandals, he's killing the fatted calf and having a party for his son and inviting everybody to celebrate that he's come home. What? This can't be. But this is the father that is loving us, that is reaching out to us, that never gives up, that never quits. You see, the Jewish people actually in that day had an actual ceremony for betrayed or betraying sons. When a son would betray them, they would invite the family together, and the father would hold up this clay pot. It was called the ceremony of Kazaza. And he'd hold up this clay pot, a beautiful clay pot, and he would say, This is my son. He was beautiful. He was useful, but he has betrayed us, betrayed me, 
and betrayed our family. And he is lost to us. He is useless to us. And his beauty is gone. And then the father would drop that clay pot on a rock and it would break into pieces. He's done. He's gone. It is over. Kazaza. There's no Kazaza with the Father. You will never be rendered useless. You will never be rendered unloved, uncared for, or unwanted. Your beauty remains in the eyes of God. He sees your potential. He sees how you were created. And no matter how broken you found yourself, maybe somebody else had a kazaza in your life and broke you into pieces. Maybe it was through a a broken marriage, or maybe it was somebody that hurt you or abused you. Maybe it was your own doing where you just found yourself broken into pieces because of your addiction or your rebellion or your, your, your ego or whatever it may be. Even if you've already been broken, the good news is that the Father can grab you and pull you in and love you back to life and, and repair you. In fact, many of you remember the first message in this series. Pastor Brad talked about this Japanese art of kintsugi. Kintsugi. Might not be getting that right either. But it's basically this idea that, that these Japanese artisans would take these broken pots and they would put them back together one piece at a time, and it was a painstaking, uh, you know, artistic work. But when they would, when they would you know, put the pieces back together, they would, they would uh, cement the pieces, not with glue, <laughs> not with Elmer's, but with this beautiful gold cement highlighting the flaws and the brokenness. And this is what God does. He takes us, he puts us back together, he loves us back to life, and he like puts this gold where we were flawed and broken as a reminder and a declaration to the world that I am a loving and healing God. Come and be whole and be well, and be loved by me. Remember how these parables started, dear brothers, dear sisters. These parables started when Jesus heard the muttering of religious people saying, why is he hanging out with these kinds of people? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus loves you. And whatever lostness you're experiencing right now, He is ready to bring you home and bring you into Father's house. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you that you've never given up on me. You've never given up on us. And I pray in this moment, Lord, as we pause and reflect on our lives, that wherever we've lost our bearings, wherever we find ourselves, that you're there. You may be the shepherd putting us on your shoulders and carrying us home. You may be uh, that, that woman, Lord, who's scouring the house for the lost coin because no matter 
no matter how invaluable someone else deemed that coin, you saw value. Or we may be that lost son that just finally wore out our lives in this world and have trekked on home looking for another chance. Thank you, Father, for retrieving us, loving us, repairing us, and bringing us back to life. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.